Well, good morning. This is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today is Friday, October 16th, 2020. And here in the United States of America, it's just a few weeks till the election. Most important election of our lifetimes. A phrase that gets said quite often every election over the last few years, but this one is for real. It's a big one. It's kind of a, this vote is coming up in the next few weeks. It's really to decide whether or not we go further into the depths of fascism or not. You know, do we change course or do we sink further? Fascism is a very oppressive style rule. Uh, it's very vindictive, cruel, and its focus is purely on the interests of a very tiny group of people. Uh, it benefits, you know, about 1% to 2% of the population, and everyone else gets sort of oppressed, basically. Um, Fascism is a very cruel system of rule. Uh, it, it's the anti-democratic. One of the things that Donald Trump doesn't understand is that Antifa is short for anti-fascist. Yes, the Antifa movement, the anti-fascist movement, has risen in the United States since Donald Trump started rising to power over the last few years. He is a fascist. He, he ran on fascist principles, threatening violence towards those that speak out against him, um, calling the press the enemy of the people, attempting to limit free speech and freedom of the press. Um, you know, and then, of course, using the government powers to um, enforce various racial and religious bigotries. Um, the key thing with fascism is really the violence towards protesters uh, and a sort of oppression oppression of the working class and then a catering to the affluent class uh, with various you know bribes and corruption uh, yeah I mean Fascism is definitely very scary. It's very oppressive. It's uh, it takes different forms depending on what country it is and what the year is and stuff. But make no mistake that that is what Donald Trump represents. Uh, it's it, and it's not like it's a secret or anything. Um, now, for me personally, I knew that several years ago, uh, but for many other people, it took three years, you know, three plus years of a Trump presidency actually seeing him in action before they started realizing that, yes, that is indeed what he is. So as we get to the final bits here, election, 11 million people have already voted. And we get to these final home stretch here, do we get to, where we get to find out? Do we continue as a democratic country? Or do we become a country that, whose gun whose government that is funded by taxpayer dollars is a government that purely and solely has one purpose and that's to benefit one particular person by the name of Donald John Trump. You know, uh, 
Uh, government is important. Um, it does do things that are vital and in the people's best interest. It also It's a far more efficient way for people to get certain basic protections and basic services and such instead of everything being privately funded. The government has a purpose, you know. People, you know, a society with a common set of principles, uh, you know, they can kind of agree to those principles and, you know, live in peace or, or whatever, live, live kind of, um, people can live how they want to live when there's, you know, some level of order, you know, of, of respect of other people's beliefs and such like that. For the last few years, though, we've been drifting toward a different direction, and it's just scary, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to process. <coughs> Because, yeah, um, the way this, this election is, to, they're still attempting to cover this election as if it's a normal election, as if Donald Trump is a normal candidate, just he, he's the Republican's nominee. Uh, why there isn't more coverage of other candidates is very confusing. It, it seems like this would be the perfect opportunity to do that. The Republican Party, yet again, for the second election in a row, has picked someone that is wildly unqualified to be president, you know, and, and blatantly so, you know. But the Republican Party, as an organization, has revealed over the last few years what it truly is. And it's certainly not an organization that protects the interests of the regular person, the working class. That's just not what they do. That, you know, that's just not a concern of theirs. Your health and well-being as a human being in the working class is just not a concern of the Republican Party. What, are they, what they are focused on is power and wealth for themselves and their constituents, which are the people that gave them money, lots and lots of money. You know? And there's some real big, big, massive dark money interests that primarily benefit the Republican Party. Because that's what that organization is. It is the organization that protects the interests of the wealthy. That is what they do. It only became more crystallized over the last few years when you have this sort of, uh, you know, just chaos theory candidate that they go with. And uh, he proceeds to do as, pretty much exactly as expected. Um, you know, just... The United States is standing in the world immediately starts going down um, economic turmoil and then you know there's a pandemic going and government's response is pretty weak at best um, you know there's the pandemic going on right now as we speak and the Senate is worrying about confirming a judge that will rule favorably for Trump possibly if he contests the election that's what they're worried about you know um, that's where their heads are at you know not writing some kind of bill that's going to help the people that are going through a coronavirus pandemic right now that's just not really on their radar right now 
and just not something that they're concerned with. They want to make sure that they're, they can get a third Supreme Court justice picked, one that has been approved of by the, um, what's that? I forgot the name of the one organization, but the one that's been approved of by the sort of very conservative dark money type entities that give masses of amounts of money to various Republican causes. Um, the Heritage Foundation, they're, um, they picked the current Supreme Court Justice nominee and, and approved of her long ago. She did work on the uh, Al Gore-George Bush election case dispute, and obviously she was one of the team that kind of worked to try to prevent Florida from counting anymore and to try to just close the election. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, she, she is a person that will, given her past, may very well be um, warm to the idea of suppressing votes, of canceling votes and such like that. So that's why the Senate Republicans are very concerned with getting her confirmed and confirmed quickly, even though that completely contradicts what they just said a few years ago about needing to wait. Um, so um, Republicans are basically, as an organization, are just seeing how far can they push it? How vindictive, cruel, sociopathic, narcissistic, and self-centered can they be? How, how blatantly and openly can they be about their true intentions, protecting the interests of the wealthy. How com completely obvious can their true intentions be and still get millions of regular working class people to vote for them? Um, how far do those people bend? And, uh, you know, under the Trump era, we have discovered that they'll bend pretty far. Republican Party can get away with quite a bit. Uh, the loyalties that people who identify as being conservative to the Republican Party are very strong, extremely strong, far stronger than people who identify as left um, loyalty to the Democratic Party. I'm a progressive, but I'm not really a Democrat. It's just the kind of, it's like the one option. We're presented two options. One of them, you know, picked Donald Trump to be president, like that's clearly and obviously an organization that has some serious structural and integrity issues. Um, if, if they're unaware as an organization of who Donald Trump is and are willing to make him their kind of leader, despite all evidence suggesting that that would be an extremely poor choice, you know, obvious, obviously that organization has some issues. You know, there's something going on there. Um, you know, what is their strategy? What is their approach to governance? Do they even believe in governance at all? Or do they just sort of believe in manipulating the system any way you can in order to benefit yourself? You know, an organization picking Donald Trump is clearly an organization that has some serious systemic issues, you know, um, regardless of what your political views are. As far as like the, being the head of an organization, Donald Trump is just not someone that should be that, you know, head of his own privately held owned company. That's one thing. But 
to be the head of a you know a massive multi-million dollar political entity just kind of crazy but that's what the Republican Party is so it's kind of a combination of things with this election it's you know the Republican Party coming out with it and truly being clear and open to the whole world about what it is that they truly are and what it is that they truly care about the Republican Party is not the organization of Christian principles or family values or, or even small government and minimal taxation. That's None of those things are what they are. They are the organization where wealthy, white people of affluence can gain more power. Yeah. Now there are here and there some people that don't meet that exact description you know, one of them, but they'll most likely have at least one of those variables. But predominantly, the Republican leadership is, is wealthy white people who were born into that level of affluence, by and large, with a few exceptions here and there. But uh, that's primarily what they do. The Republican Party is focused on protecting the Republic. What is the Republic? It's whatever the top 2% of the socioeconomic class, the kind of ruling affluent class, decides that the Republic is. Yeah. So in other words, those people that are in the highly affluent class that have millions and millions of dollars in discretionary income, they'll give money to Republican candidates and then those candidates will create laws and such that benefit that wealthy person that gave them money. And that's that's what the Republican Party does. Now there are some you know corporate Democrats are commonly referred to as those are Democrats that take massive amounts of money from corporations. This is one of the reasons why I'm not, you know, absolutely loyal to the Democrats. It's one of the things my Republican friends kind of misunderstand about my political views. I'm not a Democrat. So just because I'm, you know, being extremely critical and kind of an anti-Republican doesn't mean I'm a Democrat. You know, I'm not binary, you know. But I do tend to vote Democrat, but I've also voted for other organizations too, and I tend to prefer... Uh, independent candidates and third-party candidates when it comes to down-ballot and such. But, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, the Democratic Party is a big, big, massive organization. So if you're progressive and you're down-ballot enough, you might be able to just run as a Democrat, maybe get a little bit of funding from Democratic Party, but not be too beholden to them. You know, you're still your own person. But, uh, you know, it, it's just... Basically, with our political system, if you're running, you, you got a couple, few options. You can run as a Republican, meaning you're going to work day and night, you know, week in, week out in Washington, D.C., creating laws that benefit the wealthy and big corporations. And that's that's what you're going to do. That's, and that's what the Republic does. And you can justify it in your mind by saying that by benefiting the wealthy, it'll eventually benefit everyone else because there's th this thing called trickle-down economics, which, you know, was kind of a theory that was invented nearly 40 years ago or more or whatever. And uh, it's been tested out many times, and it's it, it never achieves its objective because it's completely ridiculous. But you can sort of pretend like the idea of giving more money to the people with the most money will have the greatest benefit to our society as a whole. Um, kind of within that, if you kind of read between the lines, it's, it's sort of, it, it spells it out pretty clearly. Focus on protecting those with the most. 
who have everything. Give them more, even if it means that everyone else has more weight to carry, more burden on them, and it's harder to get by. That's okay to do because eventually it'll work out or something. Somehow, some way. And there's not much explanation as to why. You, know, you read between the lines in there and it's, ah, yeah, the Republican Party does not care about you <laughs> as an organization. They, they don't. That's, that's just not, that's not what they do with their time in government and the power that they get. That's not their focus. We, we sort of assume it is, you know, you're a public representative, you're a, you know, member of the U.S. House of Representatives, you're a senator, you're a president. We just sort of assume that obviously on some level that that person has some level of empathy or caring for the working class people as a whole. Uh, but that's just not really the case. That's just not really what the Republicans' primary objective is. They're not really looking at, well, how, how will this affect regular people in mass? What, what are the effects going to be? You know, that's not, that's not a concern. Their concern is more... How will people vote if this is discovered or something, you know, like if they're doing something really shady, um, you know, they, they might try to conceal it or be evasive about it or be less than forthcoming about how they've been voting. You know, the Supreme Court justice confirmation is certainly a testament to that. The current uh, nominee worked on the uh, 2000 presidential election uh, judicial decision in which Florida uh, was fucking it up and it was like a tie in Florida but every time they recounted in Florida they got a different number and then finally the Supreme Court just said ah, nope uh, uh, George Bush is the winner and, you know um, Al Gore had more votes in the popular vote and Florida was like a few thousand that was separating it <clears throat> the idea that the judicial system couldn't have come up with some sort of more logical remedy to the situation in which Florida is this, you know, Florida is Florida, the state that I was born in. And, uh, you know, they're having difficulty um, running a fair election and counting both uh, votes in a, an effective way. They're struggling. And it's coming down to, you know, where, you know, the country's trying to decide who the president is. And you got this this one state that just kind of fucked up and, you know, didn't really know how to handle it properly. But the people still voted and the ballots are still there. It's just the, the counting method was obviously off or something. Judges should have some way of, you know, mitigating, a proper mitigating. That one wasn't really mitigated. They just basically stopped counting votes on one of the times counting and then just sort of declared George Bush the winner even though he lost the popular vote by 500,000. But the current nominee, when asked very kind of specific questions about her standing and stuff, she does this sort of classic Supreme Court justice nominee thing of, um, I'm here to, I forget how they word it. It's, it's kind of legal gibberish, you know, to sort of justify why they will not answer the question that they're being asked in a clear and specific way. They can't do that because it's like a pending case or something. Or, or, But sometimes it's not a pending case, but then they still won't be able to give a, an opinion on it. And I don't really understand that. Um, you know, what say you? 
You know, what do you believe in truly? What are you about? If you're unwilling to say, well, then that just leaves a lot of mystery and confusion and assumptions, you know. We, we just sort of have to assume what you're about if you're not going to answer the dang question. So there's a lot of there's a lot going on. This, this election isn't just about Trump, you know. It, it has to be a referendum referendum on the Republican Party. And ideally, you know, those that identify as being conservative in the working class start work getting together and finding some different options. You know, um, we can't keep doing this thing where, you know. People pretend like the Republican Party is some noble organization protecting the interests of the working man. They're, they're not, you know. I mean, people can believe that all they want, but they're just not, you know. And unfortunately, it's going to come down to an actual, you know, Trump actually being on the ballot. They're actually going to go through with it, you know. Um, it's just, it's just why, you know, I, I, I get the guy was famous and he was on TV and he had his own game show and that's all real neat, but do people still really not get it. They still don't understand, you know, that they, they still think it's their, their opinion that he, that he's honest or something. Their opinion is that he's, he didn't say lies. Well, no, he did lie. Yeah, he, he, he lied thousands of times. His response to coronavirus was weak. It's not really an opinion. There was more that could have been done by a lot. He did not do enough. That's not an opinion. You know, there's over 200,000 people that have died in this country. His messaging was very specifically dismissive of the thing, and people reacted the way that he did. He is the president of the country i mean yeah words have meaning you know there is cause and effect yes some people are dead today because of donald trump yes that, that that's not an opinion you know that that is what it is some many people have passed away more than should have from this pandemic that di that didn't need to you know that, that could still be here if proper precautions were taken by our government and by specifically by one Donald Trump, if he was clear and direct right from the beginning, yes, his followers would have put on the damn mask and abided by the protocol. Yes, if he's the one telling them to do it. But no, he did the exact opposite. And he's this laid into it. He's still doing the fucking super spreader events like that's still a thing. That That's still going on. There are still getting spikes in cases real close to areas where there was Trump rallies. And the red states that are, you know, diehard Trump fans, they have the highest count of coronavirus cases. Yeah. Their states, governments and governors have uh, been, you know, more lenient on the coronavirus enforcement of you know, safety protocols and such. So, yeah. Been bigger spikes, spikes in cases. More deaths. Yeah. You know. Again, the coronavirus, it, it don't care what your political views are and, or what you look like. It, it doesn't really care. It has no feelings. It's a virus. You know. 
you're, you're, you're getting mad at the government because they're asking you to wear a face mask. The virus don't give a shit. It ain't, you know, <laughs> you, you can get mad at your government all you want. That, that ain't going to make the virus go away, you know, kind, you know, and get free will and all that. But it's not just your free will. It's not just your right to life, liberty and pursuit of happiness. Happiness. It's, it's everyone else too. Yeah. So if you're going to some super spreader event hosted by Trump, then you go back to your hometown you get infected at the super spreader event and then you go back to your hometown and you get other people sick because you still refuse to wear a mask. You're affecting other people's life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. You know? It's just... I don't really understand the mindset of people that just don't give a shit. That just don't care and refuse to believe that it's real. I just... get that it's inconvenient, but... You know. Come on. I don't know. But, you know, his, his response to coronavirus, Trump, is pretty bad, you know. Just so drained, you know, just want this Trump thing to be over, you know. I remember when he, when I, when, you know, when he got elected in 2016, I just, I, I did, was just hoping that it would just be some weird dream I just wake up from. And just, like, what, you know country really did it we actually elected him and then the inauguration day that cold gray drizzly day then later he claimed it was bright and sunny out and there was a clear deflating energy that day just tons of empty seats and just kind of the robust energetic high of the Obama inauguration was in stark contrast to this sort of dismal weak uh, just pathetic inauguration of Trump. It was just, it was, it was embarrassing. You know, it was deflating, and it was, you could, it was palpable. You could, you could see it on the screen. It's a whole country that's kind of like, whoops, <laughs> we actually elected that guy. You know, like there had to be. I'm, I'm sure there's at least ten, fifteen percent of folks who voted for Trump because. You know, Hillary Clinton was way up in the polls, and so they felt safe in voting for Trump as like a protest vote, knowing that he wouldn't win. Hopefully not as many people do that this year. Vote for who you want to be the president. Don't worry about any stupid protest votes. And if you're going to do a protest vote, then write in a name. You, you want to write in Mickey Mouse or Donald Trump or Donald Duck, you know, they're all about the kind of the same. You know, Donald Trump is like this absurd character. He's the mix of a persona, an actual per person, and a business, like all in one. You know, which one is which? It can be hard to tell sometimes. The real Donald Trump is kind of a, you know, all bluster, um, you know, little to any substance. And the persona is this sort of successful businessman guy. The real Trump is, you know, one of the worst businessmen in all of the world. You know, he lost more money than anyone. The other thing, Donald Trump owes over $400 million in personal loans. And it's due in the next, uh, uh, I think in the next four years or something, next few years. Yeah. 
that's another reason why he wants to be president. Because um, there's a far greater interest in his owned properties, Trump-owned hotels and stuff, when he's the president. You know, foreign embassies and such, they go and stay at the Trump-owned hotel. Then Trump himself gets a cut of that. It's actually called bribery. Um, but we're just sort of allowing the Trump to get away with it because, uh, well, because he's Trump and we, we picked that guy, you know, we, we, we picked the guy that was the con man who had all kinds of conflicts of interest, who didn't really earn money, really. He just sort of moved money around, created these sort of false front companies that would get money and then they would take money out of that and put it into some other thing. And you just do it enough and then you can kind of offset taxes and sort of pretend like you're really successful, but it's really just sort of money kind of moving around. You know, he, he was born with $400 million. He does own real estate. Yeah. You know, some of it was just sort of given to him. Yeah. He's not really a, he doesn't really run a business. He's just this sort of celebrity guy that was born with a ton of money. And that's, what he does that's 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 it you know he just likes being famous and getting more money that is it that you know he he has no concern for improving the lives of working class people that's just not what he's about it's not what he's going to do that he has no interest in doing that you know he's he's about trump you know he, he wants to be president so he can avoid prosecution Donald Trump is an unindicted co-conspirator to a federal crime. The other co-conspirator went to prison. His name was Michael Cohen. He wrote a book while in jail. And the other issue with Trump is the Trump Organization may have committed tax fraud and insurance fraud for several years, maybe even decades, uh, in the New York uh, District Attorney, Southern District Attorney of New York, is uh, investigating the matter. Uh, there is a policy with this Justice a sitting president cannot be charged with a crime. They have to be removed from office first. So these cases are pending. Once Donald Trump is no longer the president, those cases are going to move forward. You know, just because you're the president doesn't mean you're allowed to commit crimes. It certainly doesn't mean that crimes that you commit may have committed prior to becoming president go, you know, to sort of go away or, or something. You know, there's people who's focus in life is to serve and protect the interests of the American people and to enforce the law, you know, law and order. Well, Donald Trump is not a law and order person, <laughs> kind of the exact opposite. Uh, just kind of, he does whatever he wants and then he tries to, um, you know, barter his way out of it with paying some kind of fee or something after he screws people over. But Yeah, so that, that, that's a big thing with Trump. That, again, that's the main reason why he wants to be president. It's not so he can make America great or something. Three plus years of just, it's like sort of deliberate, purposeful, um, stressing of our society by Donald Trump and the Republican Party. Because like I said, there's, you know, there's the issue of Donald Trump being an unindicted co-conspirator to a federal crime. But the other one went to prison for a couple of years you know and these crimes can't be charged until he's removed from office until he's no longer the president so an impeachment has started not specifically because of those criminal cases that are pending 
but because of how he behaved in the job. Uh, Donald Trump abused his power as president. That's not an opinion. <laughs> uh, the Republicans just believed that abusing his power wasn't a justification for him losing his job. They didn't deny that he abused his power. Their argument was that abusing your power isn't a justification for removal from office. That, that's, that's basically what their argument was. Yeah. You know. Yep. But that's, that's what they are. But, you know. So Donald Trump, didn't, he did abuse his power. That, that is something he did. He, he did do that. You know, he used his power as president for his own personal gain. You know, he extorted a foreign power for political favors. Um, in, in, you know, if they, in order for that country to get the aid that Congress had already approved and Mr. Trump had no right to hold up. Yeah, that, that's called abusing your power. You know, if you did that in the military and you're a military officer, um, you, you get dishonorably discharged. Yeah, but he's the president, so we we just sort of allowed it. And the controlling party in the Senate uh, was the organization that picked him. So that was, and that's basically what their argument was. Really, you kind of have to read between the lines. But Donald Trump had an R next to his name, and the organization that was had majority control in the Senate were the R's. So, yes, Donald Trump did abuse his power, but he, he had an R next to his name. So the Republicans were going to stick with him. And, that, and that's it. Yes, he, he did abuse his power. He did. That's, that, that's not an opinion. That is what he did. It's the sort of Cliff Notes version of what he did. I need you to do me a favor, though. I need you to look into this thing. You know, someone's, hey, do you got that stuff? You know, you, you got the money that you uh, you already promised me, and it's on its way. We got these Russians that are coming in and paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I need you to do me a favor, though. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That, that that's abusing your power as president. Pretty clear cut. But um, he warped the presidency so badly and so quickly that, um, and we became so accustomed to his style that he was able to get away with it. He was able to keep his job, even though he abused his power. Pretty amazing. And that was a while ago. And then, and, you know, and the stuff that he's done since then has only ramped it up. He, there's like, that's just what is most frustrating, I guess, with this whole Trump thing. There's, there's nothing good about the man, you know? Like, I, I, I desperately try to find it sometimes, and it's just, I, there's just nothing there. I remember seeing this documentary on Netflix, and it's, there's a scene where he's doing an interview in the late 70s, and it's in that interview. You can almost see the last little wisps of remorse, of empathy, of regret, just kind of fluttering away. And that was in the late 70s. You know, he, he went all in on this sort of cruel, vindictive, you know, capitalist guy that just cares about fame and money and nothing else. And he's he's been on that train for a long, long time, you know. And it's, you know, warped his mind. He's just such a strange person, you know. But you get to see, 
you know, if, if you totally embrace greed and envy and lust and pride and sloth and gluttony and all those seven bloody sins, what happens to a person? What happens to the people around him? You know, you get to see it, you know, we, that, that guy became our president, Donald Trump, you know, it's a sort of embodiment of just the complete op op opposite of holistic well-being and, and such, you know, and sort of golden rule and treating others with empathy and respect. Is this the complete opposite of, you know, the temperance of sort of being frugal? He just doesn't know any of those kind of concepts. They're just completely foreign to him. And they, they you know, he was all in about being famous and having lots of money and not worrying much at all about the substance, you know. He just never really grew up, too, you know. It's like, like he's just that same goofy guy from the 80s, you know. I was just always confused by as a kid as to why he, we had to hear about him, you know. But he's still here. And uh, unfortunately, God, you know, God bless him. Don't wish him any little will. Goodness gracious, there's still about however many people, you know, 35, 40% of the population that still thinks that Donald Trump is going to make their lives better or something, you know. I. But it's that divide and conquer thing. Um, we, the working class people, which we are, you know, the people, you know, the 98%, you know, um, we've been divided and pitted against each other, even though regardless of what, you know, your political views are or what you look like or where your parents came from or whatever the fuck thing that people use to try to divide people, we're all on the kind of the same boat, you, you know. If you're, you're working, then then you're working. And, and that's the thing. It's the thing we take for granted. The vast majority of people work of some kind of thing in order to survive. Donald Trump never had to work. He was born into the affluent class. Yeah. He represents the interests of the affluent, ultra-affluent. He inherited $500 million. How many of the 98%... How many of the vast working class inherited $400 million? How many of them inherited $1 million? I mean, a very tiny percentage. Yeah, that's a lot, shit ton of money. The vast majority of people, regardless of whether they're Republican, Democrat, Christian, Muslim, agnostic, Jewish, um, you know, what, whatever other things that we, you know, man, woman, white, black, whatever ethnicity, um, you're working in order to survive. You know, you're working a job. You know, you, you didn't inherit a shit ton of money. And if you stop working, uh, then things get pretty difficult pretty quick. Everyone's kind of on the same page there, but not everyone. <laughs> Different set of rules for those that are born into the affluent class. Donald Trump was born into the affluent class. He's never had to work a day in his life. You know, he was born with $400 million. Yeah, that's a lot of money. The type of money that you can secure an upper affluent lifestyle in perpetuity forever without ever working a day in your life. And it's pretty easy to do. Yeah. So, just a reminder, what do you do? $400 million? Well, you, you, you buy, a, you know, some real estate for about a million or so. 
put another million into some kind of liquid cash investment. Then you put 298 million into fixed annuities that'll be able to pay you a nice steady income forever. Yeah, and then when you die, it'll just be given off to your heirs. And that'll leave you a hundred million, which you'll use to create some sort of philanthropic foundation that'll benefit your community and other communities around it. Yeah. Your lifestyle is maintained in perpetuity at a very high level. You know, you could probably set up, set yourself up with an income of whatever, 80000 to to $100,000 a month forever with that $400 million. You own your house outright. Yeah. And then the money that was left over after you set yourself up with a, you know, massive monthly income without even having to work, that will be used to set up something philanthropic. You'll be using about 25% of your inheritance to set up a philanthropic endeavor. You know, something that will provide good to the community beyond you, the individual person. So again, that's something that's very easy to do. It would have had a far more positive benefit on the world than what Donald Trump chose to do. Uh, but he just didn't go in that direction. Uh, his father presented the world to him as winners and losers. And Donald Trump never really seemed to understand that it, it, it's a little bit more than that. Um, and, but because of his convoluted, distorted view of reality, he, he, he seems to not understand that he's the loser. You know, and, and he's going to be the loser of all losers, you know. He is going to be emphatically the worst president in our country's history. You know, other presidents from the 19th century, it's not like we have video of them. You know, it, it's not like everything they said is fully on public record. Every single little random comment and such. Like his, his entire time in the office, and it, it's as bad as he's going to look in history. The folks that were around him, oh my goodness, that were defending him up until the end, yeah, they're, they're not going to look too good either. History will not be kind to the uh, Trump apologists, especially those that are, you know, it's you know, 2020 elections just around the corner and you get some of these people going on TV, you know, smart, intelligent people sometimes, you know, that probably had these ambitions of, you know, working in politics or working in government as kids who maybe be even president someday and now look at him. You know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders left the White House a while back, you know. Kelly McEnany. All these these characters around the president. These just sort of Yeah. It's just strange. It's it's like they're 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 trying to stick with the old thing that you just sort of you know, political talk and sort of maneuvering around a question just like it's like it's the old days or something like it's like they're trying to pretend like the guy that they're speaking for and defending isn't donald trump you know it's like they're going to try to pretend like we already we know who the guy is you know who, who are you fooling but they are fooling some people and, that, and i guess that's the thing you know uh, about 60 million people were fooled in 2016. They, they, you know, they they genuinely thought that Donald Trump was a successful businessman. They didn't know, you know. And God bless them. Don't I don't, no will will anything like that. But they just didn't know. They didn't know that he was a con man, and some of them still don't know.
why that is, I, I don't know. I don't know why people don't know. It, it's very confusing. You know, I, I knew that Donald Trump was like a, a con man, not, not a person that you'd want to trust or invest in. And I knew that he was racist when I was like probably 10 or 11 years old. So, you know, why are there adults that don't know that? Why are there adults that are going to church every Sunday and reading the Bible? Why do they not know that Donald Trump is a person to be wary of? A person that you should not be supporting? A person you should be speaking out against? Why do they not know that? It, it's pretty clear. So, like, what's going on there, you know? Is it really just anti-democratic, you know? That old thing? The binary? You know? The choices are Trump and Biden. At least that's how it's presented. You don't like Biden, so you're going to enthusiastically support Trump, even though he's, you know, insane and, and shouldn't be a president of anything. You know, you're just going to support that, even though he lies incessantly, and even though he's famous for lying and just making shit up, even though he has no intent or concern for you at all and isn't even going to do anything to sign laws that will benefit you. You will not benefit. Period. You're not. It's barely an opinion. You know, cutting taxes for the wealthy and corporations, and then confirming a, you know, a conservative judge that's going to repeal Roe versus Wade, or, you know, cast out elections. That that doesn't benefit you. I'm sorry, it doesn't. Whatever your opinions on abortion are. It, uh, nope. Sorry. <laughs> making abortions illegal that doesn't it's not going to benefit you sorry it, it's not you know you may think it is but it isn't you know giving more money to wealthy people and then cutting funding to programs that help feed the hungry and cure the sick yeah no that that's not going to benefit our society either again it's not really an opinion you know it just is what it is and i mean that's it's kind of like, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just the Republican Party is what it is. You know, it is a group of people using the power of the government to enrich themselves and the people that have given them money. There is no intent, no drive, no working toward representing the people as a whole just not a concern of theirs that's just not they don't view that as being the role of government but again important thing to remember about the republican party republican party its members are focused on protecting the republic what is the republic it's whatever the ruling affluent class defines the republic as yeah they define it so it's, so it's preserving the republic, but it's preserving the republic as defined by those with massive amounts of money. Yeah. And in order to stay in power, they must convince a certain, you know, percentage of people who are not wealthy and are not going to be and are not members of the club to vote Republican, even though those people will not benefit in any way. I shouldn't say they won't benefit in any way because, say, like, if you go to a Trump rally and it makes you feel good, you get all, you know, you get all dressed up in your Trump gear, 
and you start yelling out shit at the rally, you know, lock her up or build the wall or drain the swamp or whatever the fuck. I'm sure there's there's obviously got to be some sort of catharsis for the people engaging in that activity. You know, they enjoy it for some reason, so they're getting something out of it, going to the rally, uh, you know, acting like an idiot and just kind of shouting out stupid shit and listening to this madman rant for an hour, you know. Hmm. To each his own. You know. They, they're, they're, they're getting something out of it. I, I, for me personally, I think it's the, uh, it's doing the wrong thing. It, it's sort of enjoying doing the thing that you know is wrong, but doing it anyway. Like, is, is supporting Trump the wrong thing to do? Yes, obviously. You know, is, is he a role model? No. <laughs> Not even kind of. You know, he is not a role model for children. He's not a respectable person in any way. He's exactly what you should not be in life. And every Sunday school teacher across America should be telling their <laughs> Sunday school students that basic information there. Clearly and obviously, because it doesn't have anything to do with politics. Donald Trump is not a person to emulate, to view as a role model in any way. He's more of a cautionary tale. Yeah. And again, barely an opinion. It's barely an opinion that he's not a role model, you know. But you should, you, he's a cautionary tale. In other words, if you want to be like Trump, proceed with extreme caution, you know. He's hurt a lot of people in his throughout his life. He's caused a lot of damage to our society. People have died because of him, you know. He's spread hatred and violence and destruction, and his only real concern is himself making more money and increasing his power, and that's it. And that's what he's about. You know, it, it is what it is. So he's not a person to emulate in any way. If, if you are a regular person and you take after him too much, you, you're going to run into some problems, you know, not just barriers, you know, or whatever, like you, you might get arrested. You know, you might go to jail. Yeah, uh, he's also had criminal associations. You know, you you start doing business with criminal organizations that 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 might bite you in the ass too. You know, you got to be careful there. Um, but he's been doing that throughout his life, sort of pushing the envelope in that regard. But really, just doing kind of anything in the op complete opposite direction of empathy and caring for others. You know, what a golden opportunity if you start out with life with $400 million. Just make a few basic investments, secure a very modest, you know, definition of modest is different for everyone, but a secure a modest lifestyle in perpetuity. Boom, done. Still have a ton of money left over? Do something good with that. How about that? You create some philanthropic endeavor, you're going to have to hire people and stuff too still, you know? provide real genuine good. I always thought it'd be good to have like my hometown more uh, youth activities, you know, after school sports and music and art and uh, youth centers and stuff like that. I always thought it would be uh, just more and more options for youth uh, enriching activities, you know, of a wide variety. Um, that's always, because I think the more as a kid, you're allowed to just do and go and have fun and do things and try out things and learn things. The, just the better equipped you'll be for, quote-unquote, the real world.
you know, unless apt to go down troublesome paths, you know, or whatever. But that's always what I always thought would be cool to do with lots of extra money, like if I had had the type of money that Trump did. But he didn't do that. Um, and in fact, well, at the uh, town hall the other day, Donald Trump was, it was pointed out that he owes over $400 million in personal loans. Donald Trump had the gall to say that it was a small amount. Um, you gotta, I mean, someone that's just that dismissive of that gargantuan sum of money. How does a, how does a person like that possibly inter represent the interest of a regular person? Like, he, he's gonna say with a straight face that 400 million is a small amount. Like, fuck you. What a fucking asshole, you know? How fucking clueless do you need to be to think that $400 million is a small amount? Amount that he personally guaranteed. $400 million. And again, I'm, I'm going to do the uh, real quick annuity calculator real quick. Uh, I go to annuity, there's a bankrate.com. They have all kinds of little uh, cool uh, calculators and stuff. But... Um, yeah, basically, with a $400 million investment, you could secure some pretty, um, you know, pretty amazing steady income for a pretty long stretch of time with $400 million. I'm just going to do a quick uh, one there because take that example earlier. You know, so Donald Trump inherits four hundred million, and uh, let's say he put, you know, a million into real estate, just his own personal house or whatever, um, and then uh, another and then another uh, million or so, just to cover like property taxes and stuff for an extended period of time. Actually, so yeah, we'll put just uh, 300 million in, because what we're going to do is buy the, buy the house, cash, put a little bit inside to cover, cover property taxes, and then about 300 million in annuities, earning about 3%. Um, let's say if we've made it go for 300 years. I can't go 300 years. We'll go 100 years. So if you had a four million, if you had invested that 400 million, no, sorry, yeah, 300 million, in a 100-year annuity earning 3%, uh, he could pay, he could withdraw $787,483 per month, every month, for 100 years. So that's the kind of money that 400, and that's only 300 million. So in that case, you know, um, you know, if you do the full 400 million, that number is just that much bigger. You know, you could probably take out more over a million a month. And again, that's that's just annuity payments. You don't have to work at all ever during that time. You know, that's purely up to you if you want to want to work. Yeah. So if you invest all 400 million in an annuity. 
It would pay you 1.049 million per month, every month, for 100 years. That's if it was earning 3% interest. So that's, that's how much 400 million is, just to get you an idea. You could pay yourself a million dollars a month, over a million a month, every month, for 100 years, and you wouldn't even have to work one minute. Nope. You need to sit in your house for the entirety of your life. When you pass away, you can just have it go to your heir. So, that's the small amount that he owes and personal, that he's personally guaranteed. Over $400 million. Yeah. So who, where are his concerns at? You know, who who is he protecting right now? Him, himself. Yeah, he's trying to figure out a way to get out of that debt, how to how to get it paid off, because it's personally guaranteed. Meaning he'll have to liquidate some assets and stuff if he wants to pay that off. It's eventually going to come out that it's it, it, it was all bullshit. That he, his net worth is actually probably negative. You know. He had the gall to say that uh, his $400 million that he personally loaned, that personally guaranteed, that's due soon, is a small portion of his net worth. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to find that that's a whole lot of course shit. Um, there's a reason he had to borrow that money, and there's a reason he hasn't paid it off yet. You know, it, it's due soon, and, you know, <clears throat> he doesn't have it. <laughs> So I don't know. Getting down to the wire. Hopefully the right turnout happens. Um, hopefully there's just a massive turnout for to repeal Trump, to remove him, to get him the fuck out of there, so that our we can move on with our lives and start moving forward again, progressing. What happens to Trump? I, I honestly don't really care. I don't give a fuck. Um, I'm just tired of hearing about him. If we uh, let him get extradited to Russia or something, I think that'd probably be a good idea. For all parties involved, whatever we do, we need to stop putting him on TV. If, if he loses, and hopefully he loses, once he's done, just get him the fuck off the TV. You know, he disappeared back in the late 90s. We need to go back to that, where he just kind of disappeared, and we didn't hear about him for a while. But this time, it needs to be for good. You know, he is just a cancer on this society, and he just needs to go away. So hopefully people do the right thing and just not vote for him. But I think I'm going to call it there. So it's good to vent and get that shit out. Got to blow that shit out, man. <laughs> Stay safe out there. This is Gary. Thinking out loud.